This podcast contains mature content, including, but not limited to, profanity, sex, nudity, uh, wait, what, and the occasional spoiler. Oh, no. This episode contains content that may be triggering to some of our listeners. Please check the episode description for more information. Okay, a buy in the book. Okay, a buy in the book. Hi. How are you? I'm fine. <laughs> no, I'm good. I'm that good. I'm really convincing to be in your presence once more. It's been a little bit a minute. I know. Um, I'm I'm feeling good with you. How are you? I'm hot. <laughs> it's, it's miserable here. I hate it. I made it though. I've got my water. I've got my podcast buddy. I'm good to go. How we about will you? make it through. We will. We'll make it through. So we read a book, Joe. What did we read? We read the Verifiers. <laughs> the what now? The Verifiers. The Verifiers. By John A. Peak. <laughs> <laughs> you put the wrong emphasis on the wrong syllable. I did not. No, okay. So, yes, for this episode, we read The Verifiers by Jane Peck. This is her debut novel. That's right. She's written a whole bunch of short stories. Mm -hmm. Which have been featured in periodicals and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, Accomplished there. Jane's quite a woman, actually. She's an attorney, correct? Not only is she an attorney, but she studies martial arts, particularly Krav Maga. And on top of all of that, she has a writing career as well. A force to be reckoned yeah, with. It's yeah, it's incredible. I, th- I find her a very interesting person, and I feel kind of bad about myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's like watching the Olympics, you know? You're like, kids half your age are winning gold medals. Just... <laughs> right. Or like, you know, what are the Russians? Oh, they suck as I'm sitting on the couch with <laughs> a beer. <laughs> You know, we're good at other things. Apparently, we are. I absolutely agree we are. (laughs) Okay, I did not physically read this. I listened to it. And it is narrated by Eunice Wong. I liked her performance. I really really found her voice compelling. I think she did a great job at separating the characters Mm -hmm. and moving the story along. And let me just dive into a little bit of Eunice Wong's bio here. Go for it. She is an actor, voice artist, yoga teacher, and writer. She trained at Juilliard. Oh my goodness. Of course she did. Gracious. Wait, and go. has have worked in theaters in New York and across the country, as well as appearing on network television like NBC, HBO, ABC, and Comedy Central. What? As an audiobook narrator, she has recorded over 50 titles with publishers such as Penguin Random House, Simon & Schuster, Tantor, Blackstone, Audible, and Dreamscape. She's won awards, the Helen Hayes Award, and Audiophile Awards, blah, blah, blah. And she's on the faculty at Princeton. I really feel bad about myself. <laughs> oh my god! I what got dressed have I today. Done today yeah. to make me feel proud. <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> I went to brunch. I'm drinking water. Like good for us. <laughs> drinking water. I feel very very right? small, but good for like, you girls. You pull up Eunice's website and she's standing on her hands. <laughs> 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 if you already didn't feel bad enough. You've been stood on my hands since I was 10. I could barely keep my balance on my feet. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Well, 
we are not worthy, apparently. So yeah, two very impressive, powerful women were involved in the book that we prepared for this week, Jane Peck and Eunice Wong. And uh, you've got a synopsis for us, right? I do. I do have a synopsis for us. I can't wait. All right. Claudia Lin is a 30-something amateur sleuth who spent most of her childhood deep in the realms of Jane Austen and Detective Yuen. After flying through a murder detective game on her phone, she is recruited by an online dating verification company called Veracity. Veracity is a small startup with only the owner, Kamla, a detective named Bex, an off-site IT tech named Squirrel, and Claudia. Their sole purpose is to help people on dating apps ascertain the truth about the people that they are in conversation with. No catfishing here. No catfishing allowed at Veracity. So the book opens on a client meeting at Veracity. The client is named Iris Latriste, and she has sought out the help of Veracity after someone she has been chatting with online, Charter, mm-hmm. has ghosted her when she suggested meeting up in public. Bitch. I know. That's like red flag number one. Uh-huh. No. We're good. Online dating you. I know. (laughs) She also asked him to look into another person that she's actually met in person, but doesn't feel like she's getting the whole truth Mm -hmm. from. And they go by the handle of Captain Bubbles. (laughs) Pop. Red flag number two. Right. uh, Yes. And when you find out why, you're like, That's the lamest reason ever. (laughs) Get a life, dude. So she hires the company to start looking into these two profiles and she mm-hmm. comes back in for her second consultation and Veracity's not really been able to do much with Charter. There's not a whole lot of information that they can find like on the surface level mm-hmm. that she has asked them just to deal with. And so at this point, she's asking them to go deeper and deeper and really find out what's going on with these people. Mm-hmm. So it's after this meeting that everything falls apart. It gets real bad real fast at the next meeting we find out iris is dead (gasps) and she wasn't actually iris latrice (gasps) (gasps) (laughs) gasp what do you mean she's dead and she wasn't herself i know right it's i'm not going to go into any more detail that is where we start that is where we start and claudia is instantly like, I must solve this case. I think she was murdered, and she gets all into it because she is such a fan of mystery books. She constantly references, what would Inspector Yuen do here in a mystery? This is where the perpetrator would make this mistake, or this is where victims would be found, or this is where the detective would question this person. And so she's playing detective and is determined to go to any lengths to find out you know what happened her name is actually sarah reeves they are sisters they are and uh, sarah had adapted iris's identity but claudia is willing to go to links that are even illegal breaking and entering and mm. theft and then there are moments i remember i texted you at that one part where she confronts somebody yeah. and i was like oh no please don't that's such a bad idea like cringy right it's like the opening scene of csi before the murder Mm -hmm. you know she's approaching someone she shouldn't you're like oh you're gonna die yeah have a good time 
So what we know about Claudia is that she is the American daughter of a Chinese immigrant. She has an older brother and an older sister who were left with family in China while she was growing up. Mm -hmm. And they moved to America after their grandparents who were raising them. That's right. And Claudia was born in America. So this is all she knows. Yes. So her older siblings have kind of a different dynamic of relationship with her mom than Claudia does. Mm -hmm. Claudia's dad is not around. He left. And that's, I think, part of the reason that the mother chose to leave the children in care of her parents. Okay. So she and her siblings go by the three C's. Mm -hmm. They have the oldest brother. Charles. The middle sister. Coraline. And then the youngest. Claudia. And their dynamic is odd. Well, it's a bit tumultuous, a little bit. They were all close when they were younger. And Claudia actually really idolized Charles when she was little. Mm -hmm. Um, She would follow him around. He would always protect her. One of the reasons that their relationship is a bit rocky is because he used his influence to get her a job at a company called Orin, I believe. And she chose to quit after not being there very long, maybe a year, and go to Veracity. And that's where she's been and hasn't told anybody yet. And so when he finds out, it's like, what the hell? I went through all of this to get you this stable job and you're back in your Mm -hmm. old ways. Yeah, Charles is a real protector. Like he even installed a bike rack on his car for her Mm -hmm. just because he knows she bikes everywhere. And one day he just feels like he's going to have to pick her up. Exactly. Such a thoughtful thing to do. Yeah. (laughs) It's also a little overbearing. (laughs) Becky's not impressed. Becky's a middle child. (laughs) You got nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I got a lot of baggage. So the sister. Gorgeous. Oh, God. What does she even do? I don't know. I, I forgot. <laughs> I wrote that no, down she... in my notes. I was like, Charles works for a fancy tech company mm-hmm. and his sister does something, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Honestly, who knows? <laughs> so she works as like she a marketer and fundraiser, event coordinator type thing, I believe, because at the very end, there's this big charity gala that Claudia is wanting to get into and she mm-hmm. gets Coraline to get her on get the her inside. In. Coraline was most likely my least favorite character in the entire book. Okay. Just her entire essence of I'm way too good for everyone here really rubbed me the wrong way. Mm -hmm. At one point, she has this really great boyfriend. Lionel. Lionel. She treats him like straight up shit. She kind of does. She's like, I want to be in love with somebody like Lionel who's not Lionel because he does these things, but I don't care about him because Lionel's a, a writer and he has his writing group and she loves him but she's completely uninterested in what he does and when he tries to share that part of his life with her she's completely uninterested and dismissive oh she just like completely shuts him out she alienates him from absolutely everything and he's sitting here like i really do love your sister i want Mm -hmm. to love your sister she is not letting me Mm mm-hmm And so, sorry. What are you going to do? I mean, one of the plot points in this book is Lionel's betrayal of the family secret. He starts to write about their great family secret. And I'm sitting here going, well, yeah, I'm sorry that your feelings got hurt, but it's a great story to tell, first of all. And also, you were such a bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Kind of had it coming. (laughs) I mean... They tried to make this guy out to be this villain. And even Claudia at one point is like, you're such a horrible person. And I'm like, no, 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 dear. No, no, no. The horrible person is not Lionel. Yeah. She's just a hoot. She's a blast. (laughs) (laughs) And that brings us to Claudia. 
And Claudia is a 30-something amateur sleuth detective sleuth. in her own mind. Gumshoe. At one point, someone <laughs> refers to her as Mrs. Marple, and she's like, F you. Excuse me? Like, of all the people you could have referred me to. Marple? Marple is what I get. <laughs> and she's got this naivete to her as well. Incredible. In the way that yeah. she perceives the world and her job and the way that she thinks that things will work out. and <laughs> Yeah, I think she thinks that life literally is a mystery novel and that everything will just kind of happen and mm-hmm. fall into place. And if she just pursues it, it'll eventually get to the point it needs to be. Right. And that's not how life works. Joe. No. No. There's very little about her being a lesbian. And I kind of like that. It's stated, it's obvious that she is, but it didn't bear any sort of weight to the actual story. Her being a lesbian didn't impact this story at all. It was just a fact. I kind of appreciated that. And I know that a lot of the books that we talk about on this podcast, queer identity or um, the sexuality is a big driving issue, not so much with this one. And I, I thought it was kind of interesting that for a story about a queer character, that didn't play into really anything other than some of her inner monologues about someone she might find attractive or something. Yeah, I think in the whole 358 pages of this, I would say maybe only five-ish pages are anything about relationships or sexuality of this character. Mm -hmm. So if you're interested in like a very sapphic mystery novel, this isn't going to be the book for you. Mm -hmm. This is just a mystery novel where the main character happens to be a lesbian. Absolutely. I wish I had known that going into it. (laughs) (laughs) But I, well, and I, I figured that would probably be how it was. I did think, however, it would play more into the story than it did. Yeah. I mean, it's referenced a couple of times, uh, you know, family tensions. Mom still wants her to... Find a nice Chinese boy. Find a nice Chinese boy. And I think this is where I got it. The synopsis for the book even mentions that. That her Mm -hmm. mom is desperately seeking her to find a nice Chinese boy. And so I think that's where I was looking for the relational part of this to come out more. Because it's mentioned in the synopsis, but it plays such a small fractional part mm-hmm. of the actual story. So I was continually searching for where this is going to come into play, where her sexuality is actually going to be something that we have to address more than, oh, yeah, I slept with this person. I blocked their number later. You know, right. I was looking for something more than what was given to us because it was in the synopsis. Mm-hmm. So I was missing something, obviously. Sure. However, I do think that I would like to see more characters like this in mainstream books. Oh, yeah. Because these are real people. And we're real people, and it doesn't have to be a thing. You can have a detective or a CEO or, you know, a housewife or a superhero that's the main character of their story that just happens to be queer identifying, you know? Absolutely. Gay, lesbian, whatever. I'm here for that. Just don't put it in the synopsis. (laughs) (laughs) Don't make it sound like a plot point, and then it's not a plot point. Sure, You know what I mean? This book is very technical. It is technical, and in fact, the technology aspect is one of the inspirations that made Jane Peck want to write this book. Mm -hmm. Her own online dating experience was very positive, unlike a lot of other people. (laughs) (laughs) She actually met her wife on Uh OkCupid. Her wife was the first person that she met on there, and she was the first person that her future wife met on there, so... So, you know, that never happens. <laughs> no, it never happens and it'll never happen again. Um, and then she also mentioned in an interview that I read that in India, where arranged marriage is such a thing, mm-hmm. there are actually wedding detectives that will investigate possible grooms and brides 
to make sure that who their child will be marrying is legit and together and all of that. So that was something that she used as an inspiration point, which I found fascinating. I was like, I've never heard of a wedding detective before. That's creepily intrusive. (laughs) That kind of reminds me of Kala in Sense8, because didn't her fiancé's family kind of stalk her a little bit? I think they did, and or vice versa. I, it would have uh, been Rajan's his... parents, yeah. yeah. God, I, I missed that, that show. And that doesn't surprise me that they exist. I just never heard of them before. I thought that was really interesting, but yeah. I was just Facebook stalked by my mother-in-law. Exactly. So. Oh, God. <laughs> One of the many reasons I'm happily single. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the the technology of online dating and the idea of, okay, they're collecting all of this data on us. What are they using it for? And what are they finding out about us? All of that really heavily played into the mystery aspect of this story. And at times I was like... Mm -hmm. That's exactly how I was (laughs) like, too. (laughs) Just long blank pause. (laughs) The matchmaking companies and their algorithms and and the bots and everything and I did not care. I just did not care. I thought that maybe this was going to be I don't know scarier than it was. Mm-hmm. Perhaps I thought that they were going to make these people absolute scumbags of mm-hmm. the universe. And I'm sure there are you know plenty of other stories about that out there. But I just found everyone to be very vanilla. <laughs> they were like the Winnie the Pooh of villains. <laughs> no. Well, the scariest thing about it is when they bring up the issue of consent and how easily it is for you to give your consent without even knowing that you're giving it. Oh, yeah. And then from there on, it's like they have that database that can track you anywhere, anywhere. you are. Anywhere. And it's solely based on the fact that you click this one thing without reading it and inadvertently giving your consent yeah. to this technology. At one point, Kamala says 90% of the people just click accept without reading it. And the 10% who actually read it don't like it, but they'll still accept it because they want to use that. They want the service. Yeah. Yeah. And at one point, I think Bex tells Jane, we use this software to track you. And she was like, I didn't consent. Sure you did. You started working here. Exactly. There you go. Exactly. So... Try not to give too much away. I guess there's just going to be spoilers in this podcast because it is a mystery novel and we have to break down the story a little yeah, more. So, yeah. so enjoy the spoilers. Yeah, at this point, if you're wanting to read it without spoilers, you can stop or skip ahead. We invite you to do whatever you'd like. But yeah, we're going to get into some spoilery things and uh, just continue to talk about what happens in the book. So when the actual Iris Latrice shows up and it's like, hey, that was my sister. She took my name and used it as an alias. What was she doing? Exactly. She comes to Veracity and is like, I have an invoice from you all. I want to know why she paid you so much money and what you do. Mm -hmm. We can't tell you anything. We can't tell you a (laughs) damn thing. It turns out that Iris Latrice is actually Sarah Reeves. And Sarah has committed suicide. Iris shows up and tells them, well, I need to information because my sister has killed herself Mm -hmm. she has overdosed so at this point the verifiers are like well i'm sorry we can't do anything further for you we're not going to provide a service for you that was provided for her we're sorry for your loss but that's as far as we're gonna go Mm -hmm. so she's approached by iris to continue the investigation independently Mm -hmm. from veracity this is where the first of claudia's bad decisions happen (laughs) (laughs) it's like 
in my head, I just had someone in the background, like, holding up ring signs, like, like <laughs> girls that walk around wrestling matches. Like, Bad decision number one. <laughs> and she's like, sure, yeah. No, I'm an amateur detective. I'm not fulfilled by my job. I would love to do this. I'm not unethical at all. Oh, Jesus Christ. You remember when you mentioned that she was just naive? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. From there, things just get stupid. Uh-huh. <laughs> stupid. I just (laughs) the book is 11 and a half hours long it's 358 pages but the narration is 11 and a half hours that's still really long I was gonna ask you what speed did you bump it up to time and a half I usually listen at time and a quarter I listened at time and a half and I was still so fucking bored I said it at 1.3 I think was the highest that I I went because I was like, if it's too fast, you miss things. I'm going to miss things and I'll have to go back. Yeah. After getting the job, she starts to look into Sarah's online life Mm -hmm. independently. But she does some very immature, very unsafe things Mm -hmm. in this whole exploration of knowledge. Oh, yeah. She stalks people and then she approaches them. Don't do While that. stalking them. Exactly. That's, that's a great idea. Uh-huh. If you think that you're about to approach someone you suspect of murder, you're just going to waltz up and be like, hey, I know what you need. And that's after taking family photos of them. Mm-hmm. It's a Halloween celebration. And they're all in costume. He's dressed up as Captain Bubbles. Oh, my God. Because he's obsessed with carbonated beverages. Carbonated water. It's not even carbonated beverages. It's carbonated water. But he can't get it up in bed. This man is so fucking boring. Like, (laughs) if you have a suspect and his only personality trait is carbonated water, move on. This is not the man you're looking for. (laughs) These are not the droids you're looking for. Um... So she approaches him and offers to take a family photo for him. And then he's like, hey, what are you dressed up as? And she's like, private detective. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. Uh, She pursues this gentleman and winds up confronting him in a dark park. That's when you texted me and you were like, why is she doing this? Mm -hmm. That's when I bumped up the speed. I was like, I've got to make it through the scene. Yeah. He was like, oh, no, you caught me. I'm a bad husband. The end of the story. Get out of my face. Yeah. Like, that's as far as it went. So her first lead is dead. Because she has, she's convinced that Sarah didn't die of suicide. She's convinced that someone has poisoned her. Mm-hmm. By switching and upping her dosage of the medication that she's taken. And what a bored murderer. Because the links that they went to to make that actually happen. Canceling the subscription and rerouting oh it and then adding to it. and Well, I mean, even at one point, she figured that they poisoned her with grapefruit juice first to amplify or something. The the effects effects of of the... I'm like, wow, I've read some really great mystery novels, but none of them have ever involved grapefruit juice or pill subscription plans. And I'm going to stick with the ones that don't... (laughs) (laughs) Then don't involve that. One of the things that made me really laugh, and one of the reasons that I kind of, Claudia kind of annoyed me, because at every turn she was having a revelation. Oh, God. (gasps) Oh, something just clunked into place, and oh, and this person did this and not this. A constant revelation every other page, you know? Um, But (laughs) she's at Iris Latrice's office, and Iris goes, I killed her. (laughs) And Claudia goes, who? 
<laughs> I'm glad we're all on the same page, Claudia. Because <laughs> even Claudia can't keep up. <laughs> Claudia doesn't even know what's going on. And so at one point, we have five different suspects. We had the first fake guy. Uh-huh. We had the married guy. Mm-hmm. We had the sister, Iris Latrice. We have... Which, I'm sorry. Every time Iris Latrice was mentioned, all I could think of was the drag queen. <laughs> Latrice Royale. <laughs> I thought the same thing. Every but time Iris it. was in a scene, I just saw <laughs> Latrice Royale in her cop uniform. <laughs> Just given side eye. Get those nuts out of my face. <laughs> That's what got me through the book. That's amazing. I was literally every time her sister pops up. So I would. Latrice Royale on a bicycle in Spandex. <laughs> drag queen and not expect people to make that association god that's really funny it's a really good way to add some flame into the book uh, some flavor that's funny i have completely forgotten where we were anything i was gonna say or where we were so at one point they also suspect kamala oh and kamala was the other the boss. suspect mm-hmm. and then the final was his former partner slash lover and her name <laughs> Me. Escapes us. <laughs> this book made such an impression on us. I'm sorry, guys. I really do. I really do appreciate the hard work that goes into these things and the effort and the time that it takes to develop these stories and the talent and the persistence that it takes to get a book published. I think that there were three very strong and interesting elements about this book. I love the idea of a a young, queer, Asian-American detective. Yeah. And I loved the scenes with the family together. Scenes about an intergenerational immigrant family trying to navigate life and relationships and the conflict that happens between the parent and the child and and I love the idea of what's going on on the back end of online dating mm-hmm. you know and that has the potential to be a really frightening premise oh yeah um, for sure however i don't think that those three elements belong in the same melting pot Mm-mm. i would have liked to have picked one of those and read one book yes That was actually one of my notes. I found different points of the plot to be more interesting Mm -hmm. than the main plot. Yeah, because I even texted you. I was like, wow, thank you for giving me your impression of this book because I'm actually really engaged right now and Mm -hmm. I'm really interested. And I stayed that way, but it plateaued. And then it was kind of like, okay, now I'm ready to move on. I'm really, really ready to move on. And then, Mm -hmm. oh, okay, we're at the gala. This is interesting. And then... Nothing happened. Yeah. Honestly, if you asked me what the resolution was to the book, I would have a hard time giving you an answer. Mm-hmm. I know some of it was left open-ended and there was an investigation going on to Kamala's person. But honestly, all of this book 
And I still can't give you an exact answer of what happened. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure she was murdered. But again, but like, <sighs> there's a quote near the end of the book. Okay. Claudia is kind of wrapping everything up and she's reflecting and she says, you know, this poor guy's death could have been a morbid coincidence. That's the default answer in real life, if not in mystery novels. One thing happening, then another, and none of it means anything at all. And that's kind of how I felt about the book. A little None bit. of it means anything at all. Because there's no conclusion there. There were moments in the book that I really enjoyed. And yeah. I really enjoyed Jane's writing. She's a, an incredibly intelligent author. Mm -hmm. And the writing style and the voice, I loved. Um, but the plot and the story just kind of fell a little flat for me. And I would have liked to have been entertained a little more. It was listed on my Goodreads under mystery slash thriller. And I don't get that. There's no thriller in this at all. Maybe there's a technical kind of creepy, you're being stalked online, everything you do type aspect to it. But honestly, I just felt like I was following an amateur detective doing very amateur work and getting very lame results. Mm -hmm. And I hate that. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Like I know Jane really, I mean, she was talking in an interview I was listening to, she's talking about all of the work that she's put into this book and how she had to kind of essentially go back and rewrite it at one point because it was originally written in third person. Mm -hmm. With a completely different protagonist. Right. And so I kind of wondered after hearing that if that's why Claudia just didn't make an impact on me as a character mm -hmm. because she wasn't as developed as some of the other characters in the book. Mm -hmm. But Again, there are other characters in the book that are also just kind of fluff pieces. You run into the gentleman who Sarah had an affair with, mm -hmm. and you're just like, okay, well. The professor guy that kind of ties everything up. Yeah. I mean, a he, little bit. I mean, he explains a little end. bit more about Sarah and who Sarah was as a person, but nothing made big revelations. There was no big, oh, it was you. Mm -hmm. There was no conclusion, and everything still felt really open and. I understand that they have a second book in this. It's This is now going to be a series. So this is book number one. She's mulling over a sequel in her brain. She's brainstorming so, for a sequel, which I know you're here for. <laughs> I'm somewhere for it. I don't know that here is the location that I will be. And it was not what I feel it was marketed to me as. Sure. I spent most of my time with the book going, wait, when does this plot point kick in? Mm -hmm. And it never did. And so maybe I was just disappointed. Yeah, well, and it's it's really interesting because if you look on Goodreads, the reviews are off the chain for this book. Oh, you yeah. either five stars, I loved it, or two stars, one star, DNF, 20%, you know? Right. I was reading a review on the way over here, and one of the reviews called Claudia a seductive protagonist. In what way? And I'm trying to think of in any situation at all where Claudia was remotely seductive. There is not <laughs> one instance of seduction at all. No. And if anything, she's very anti-relationship. Mm -hmm. She's like, get away from me. I'm not interested in, get away. The only time that you ever get a sense of desire is the moment when she finds herself in her bedroom with Bex. And she's like, if it were under different circumstances, I'd push her back on my bed. Immediately from the very beginning, I was like, Bex is going to be 
the love interest in this story because they had this enemies vibe mm-hmm. going on and Bex obviously loathed her. Mm-hmm. You never got a sense of Bex's sexuality or anything else. Mm-mm. The only little trickle that you got was when she sent her an autocorrected text that says, I'm going to kiss you, kill you, rather. Mm-hmm. You know, other than that, that's it. I think at the gala, she put her hand on her back to escort her out of the room. And I was like, oh, something? But it's like five pages left in the book. Mm-hmm. So... No, nothing. That's not what the book was focused on. And it it just wasn't. But also, give me something here, man. Yeah. I needed something to keep my interest because after they confronted Captain Bubbles and nothing <laughs> came from it, I was like, how many more people do we have to interview? Mm-hmm. Because my interest is waning. Yeah. And I think that was probably about 30% in. Yeah. Yeah. I think at the end of the day for me, talented author, I would read more. Maybe not a sequel to The Verifiers, but maybe something else. This particular novel just fell kind of flat for me. And I think it had a lot of potential and I was really excited to read it, but it just was a little lackluster for me. I would have liked to have had a more cohesive mystery, Mm -hmm. maybe, you know? They don't always have to make sense or they don't always have to be like, oh, wow, I would have never figured that out. But just something that, I don't know, is more, I don't even know. I feel like if you're going to knowingly pick up a mystery novel, you're going to want a clear resolution or a clear cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Sure. It's going to make you really want to pick up mm-hmm. the next book. And I got neither from this at all. If it had been a fiction novel and had focused mainly on maybe the family dynamic, I would probably read an entire book mm-hmm. on the family d- dynamic in this storyline. I would not pick up another book about the technical aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Or the veracity mm-hmm. aspect of it. I'm sure. I don't need I'm kind of with that. you there. Yeah. Yeah. I liked the family dynamic. And if it had been a young gumshoe who's trying to solve this murder and her family isn't satisfied with what she does and blah, 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 you know, that would have been a little more interesting to me, I think. Which is funny because that's essentially the plot of the story. It's just bogged down by other things. By the technical aspect of yeah. it. Yeah. Because her family doesn't even know she's an investigator or a gumshoe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That tension of having to hide her career while she's also helping people resolve life issues, get answers to cold cases or something. That would have been so intriguing. I think this just got lost. It never stood up. It was flaccid. Mm-hmm. And, you know, on the flip side, this really worked for some people. You have some amazing authors giving it reviews, some that I really admire. Like, I love Emily St. John Mandel. Yeah. Who gave this book a glowing review. I saw that. And, you know, it's like, okay, I can respect that. But, you know, we just had different reading experiences. And yeah. And that's, that's okay. I agree. So... Here we are. What would you rate The Verifiers? <laughs> the Verifiers. By Jane Peck. I very firmly and very wholeheartedly gave The Verifier... Ver- ver- <laughs> Sorry, I've, I've killed it for you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I gave The Verifiers one star. I could give it one bike tire. <laughs> um, no, it was a very solid one star book for me. Mm-hmm. Sure. How about you? I went back and forth. I was teetering for a while between two and two and a half. Yeah. I think I'm going to keep it at a solid two broken bicycle pedals. Okay. See? So there you go. Yeah. We'll do better next time, kids. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, wah wah for me this time. Yeah. And that's okay. It happens. This it was, is reading. This it, is what reading is. Exactly. We don't have to like everything. Everything doesn't have to resonate. And we had an interesting and fun dialogue about it. Right, so there, there we go. go. So if you read this and you had a much different experience than us, let us know. Oh, and We'd let us know why. Yeah. We would love to hear your thoughts. 
do go ahead and give it a pickup, give it a listen. The narration is spot on mm-hmm. perfection. Yeah. Eunice Wong's performance is mwah. A chef's kiss to you. magnifique. Wonderful. I can't wait to hear more from her. Mm-hmm. Okay. So it's time for social media. Social media. Social media. We are on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Anchor. All at a gay, a bi, a book. My God, the wrist action you had going on there was really impressive. Snaps for the floppy wrists. We got it. <laughs> Just Joe. <laughs> oh, we also have Gmail. Mm-hmm. Same same tag. A gay, a bi, a book at gmail.com. See, I'm on it. I am on it today. You are. Don't worry about it. <laughs> We have a spot on the anchor.fm forward slash a gay by a book webpage where you can leave us a voice message. So if you want to yell at us for giving this book a one and two star (laughs) review, please yell at us. Right there. We like being scolded. Mm -hmm. Anyway. We look forward to talking to you next time. (laughs) Next week, we will have our Humpty Quickie. I love those. They're so much fun. And they are one of my very favorite parts of this entire podcast. I feel like next week's humpty quickie is gonna gonna be be a blast we have a few bloopers Uh (laughs) just a bit all right well joe it's been wonderful to be in your presence again as always i love it everyone we're so glad that you made it today we look forward to talking to you next time absolutely bye okay a buying a book okay a buying a book Get those nuts out of my face. (laughs)